Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, everyone. This is Pastor Ted Payton, Grace Through Faith Worship Center. For our Bible study today, April the 12th, let us pray. Father, we just thank you for another day. Lord, we just bless you because you're a holy God. There's none like you, so Father, we just come to you this day just opening our eyes, our ears, our hearts to hear what it is that you have to say. So Lord, as we go forth in your word, just anoint our eyes and ears that we might hear. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, today I want to talk about things that separate us from God, relationships. It's all about relationships. So we want to talk about relationships, those things that would separate us from God. Um, The Bible says that Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That we might have life and have it more abundantly. And in order to have that more abundant life, we must expect to have that abundant relationship and and also acknowledging the fact that God is a loving God. And so many times we don't have that relationship with God because there are reasons why we separate ourselves from God. There are reasons why we get separated from God. And we need to get to the point that, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians 3.19 that, you know, love that surpasses knowledge, love that goes beyond knowledge. You know, what we have to do is this. When we have a relationship with God, then everything else would bode well in our lives. But so many times because we don't have that relationship with God, then there are other things in our life that won't work as well. Now, there are reasons why we separate ourselves from God. There are reasons why uh, in a relationship things don't work. And when you're talking about a relationship with God, we know that one thing that will definitely separate you from God is, is not God that's being pushed away, but it's us pushing him away. It's because, and one of those things would be sin. Sin separates us from God. When Jesus went to the cross, one of the reasons, the reason, the reason why God had to turn his back on his son was because of sin. Sin. Sin separates us from God. Unbelief separates us from God. And disobedience separates us from God. These are common things that are common things that we may uh, take a look at and we're going to take a look at today. These things are separated from God. Now, God uses marriage to talk about how, um, well, no, he uses marriage to explain to us or to have us understand the church because marriage is something that everybody can relate to. You're talking about a husband, you're talking about a wife, and you're talking about a relationship that they would have. So this is something that the Lord can talk about and use as a parable or an analogy in order to get us to understand what it is that he's trying to get us to see when it comes to relationships. Now, we're going to talk about 
reasons why we separate ourselves from God, but let's take a look at the marriage, for instance. Um, there are times that when people are married over a period of time, then sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes we have expectations, and and then life just happens, and things just begin to catapult. They just begin to go on and on and on, not giving attention to it. Then what will happen is you will end up with a relationship that is in trouble. You will end up with a relationship that is not functioning the way that it's supposed to function. And one way to deal with that is to take a look at the relationship, and many times the relationship is not functioning because of what we call expectations. It's just like you have a boss and you go into this new job and you say, well, okay, I got a boss, this guy's got this degree, this degree, so, hey, I can expect this person to rule and reign and run this office so smoothly that I don't have to worry about that. And then everything happens but that. Well, it's like when two people get married. You go into a marriage and you have expectations as to how that marriage should work and what should take place and it should happen and this is going to happen. It's going to be full of love and affection. And then you get married and you go into the marriage and then those expectations are not met. And then there's a disappointment. So what you do is you go on and on and not addressing those things, and then you have a situation that is dysfunctional. Now, a way to deal with anything that separates us from God or anything that interferes with our relationship, the way to deal with that is really coming back to ourselves because when we have expectations of someone that is not met, then we are at odds with them. We have an art with them. We have something there that we are not forgiving them for. So I was um, looking at some uh, information in regards to this, and how do how do we reconcile relationships that's not uh, up to par, that's not being, uh, being uh, that's not operating, that's not functioning in the way it's supposed to function. And one of those things is, and the Bible says that God said he'd never leave us and never forsake us. One of those things is we can go to God and we can say, Lord, forgive me, I have sinned before you. And when we go to that and we're true in the way we approach God and we are sincere in our heart, it's like believing your heart confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he say he is, then that forgiveness is there. Then you are born again. Well, the same thing it is if you have a dysfunctional relationship. If you have it's two part of a relationship in a marriage. You have a husband, you have a wife. If the husband or the wife have expectations of the other party and they are not met, then all of a sudden they are, they are harboring unforgiveness. The way you move forward is to come and say, well, you know, you have to take, well, I have these expectations of you, my spouse. I have these expectations of you. You have not met those expectations. So what I'm going to do, my decision is to take every expectation I have of you and lay it on the altar and say, Lord, you know, I'm laying down these conditions that I had of my spouse and I'm putting it all on the altar with you, Lord, and I am going to release it. I am no longer going to have those respect." expectation, and I'm going to release it to you, Lord, and Lord, I choose to I choose to move forward and just put 100% of myself into this relationship, not holding anything against my spouse, but Lord, I choose to go forward and put 100% of myself into the relationship, not 
putting things out there and having expectations and being disappointed. But I choose to lay all of that on the altar, Lord, and let you deal with it and move forward 100%. Now, when you do that and you begin to say, okay, Forget about what I expect. Let's just love one another. Let's just move forward. And you begin to do that, then see, this is something that the world can understand. This is something that people can say, okay, yeah, I see how that could happen. I see that. I understand that. So what you do is you deal with it that way. Now, okay, so you know, I got rid of all of the conditions. See, the Bible talks about unconditional love. When you have expectations and you hold someone to certain expectations, you are putting conditions on them and how you release your love for, for someone as far as they go. So what you do is you attach condition to it. You say, well, I will love you if you look this way. I will love you if you act this way. I will love you if you do this. I will love you if you do that. Now, what happens is, when those things are not met, then you withhold yourself, you withhold your love from that person because, oh, you didn't meet my condition. But when you come forward and you say, okay, whatever conditions I had, Lord, I'm putting that all on the altar. Lord, I'm putting that on, leaving it up to you because you are God. It's only you that can fix it. So my part is to love unconditionally. So there's no are no conditions attached to anything that I would do. Lord, I'm releasing that to you, and I'm putting myself in 100% to love unconditionally. I am putting no conditions on anyone. I'm just loving God just as you love me. And when you do that, then you can see a relationship come back together, begin to function as it is supposed to function. And now using that, going a step farther, okay, sometimes what we have is situations whereby we have an art with God. We have an art with God. God has, in our mind, disappointed us. So what we have to do is we have to go to God and say, well, Lord, you know, you know, I really expected you to come through for me on this, and I expected you to do this, and I expected you to do that, and, Lord, you didn't come through, and now all of a sudden you are offended at God. But Hebrew 13 and 5 says that he will never leave you or he will never forsake you. Jesus came that we might be reconciled to God. Listen, in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 19, it says this, all this is from God, who reconciled us, reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. God is not holding our sins against us. And what we want to do is this. We want to understand that God loves us unconditionally. He's not holding our sins against us. Now, when we're disappointed, why would we want to hold something against someone else? So sometimes when we are, when we are ministering to others, we need to help them understand that, okay, now that we know that God loves us unconditionally, why don't we flip the coin and say, okay, it's, on you to love unconditionally, unconditionally. So when we talk about other situations that will keep us separated from God, other factors, we talk about sin, we talk about disobedience, and we talk about unbelief. Now, the Bible says this in 1 John 1 and 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just 
and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. That's what God says he will do. Now, when we look at Peter in uh, in the New Testament, when Peter was questioning Jesus, you remember they were talking and and Peter was asking Jesus, you know, how many times do I need to forgive somebody? You know, they do something, how many times? And we get into this thing about 70 times 70. In other words, there are no limits on how many times we should forgive anyone. There are none. What we do is we should forgive over and over and over and over again. Why? Because God forgives us and we are to do just as he did. Now, there's a beautiful story in the Bible when it comes to us talking about forgiveness. There's a story in the Bible. I believe that's in Matthew 18, 23 to 35. It's the story that many of us are familiar with about these people that owed money. You know, these people that owed money, and it says, therefore the kingdom of heaven is likened to a king who wants to settle accounts with his servants. And this story goes on where this king had servants that owed had this servant that owed him some money. So the king called the servant in and and of course the story goes that the servant pleaded with the king about the debt. He said, Lord, if you just forgive me, I will do whatever to do this and so the king really was uh sympathetic and the king says, Okay, I'll tell you what. Uh, forgive it. You don't owe me anything. I'm forgiving you of everything that you owe. Don't worry about it. Uh, that's it. We're, we're clean. So, look, go. You can go your way. Um, I'm forgiving you of all of everything, all the debt that you owe me. Now, this master had, king had give, forgiven all the debt of this servant, and this servant went out. This servant had someone that owed him money. But this servant went out and found the person that owed him money, and he wanted to collect the debt. As a matter of fact, not only did he want to collect the debt, in that the person didn't have the money to give him, he took him, threw him and his family into prison until they could collect the debt. And guess what? The word got back to the king that had forgiven him his debt. And we know how the story goes. So what we want to do is to understand that God forgives us unconditionally. And what we should understand is that just as God forgives us unconditionally, we ourselves should do the same thing when we're talking about ministering to other people, when we're talking about being the everyday Christian, when we're talking about being that person that God has called us to be. Just as this king forgave, just as the Bible said that Jesus forgives us unconditionally, we should have that same mindset. We should have that same desire because what we want to do is to emulate Christ. We want to be like Jesus. Jesus came to set an example for us. And when we look at the example that Jesus set before us, then we would say, okay, if this is what Jesus did, this is how he did it, then this is what we want to do. We want to do it like Jesus did. So when Jesus uh, forgave us, hey, then that's what we're supposed to do. And that is what Christ would have for us, knowing that God is love and everything that we do should be motivated by love. 
The Bible talks about the fact that we can have all the prophetic gifts in the world. We can have all the giftings. We can be eloquent the way we speak, and we can do this and we can do that. We can move mountains. We can heal people. We can do all these things. But if the motivation behind all of that is without love, it is all for naught. You're going to stand before Jesus, and he's going to say, look, depart from me, I know you not, because you didn't have a relationship with me. You didn't do anything out of your love for me. What you did was you just did your own thing. You did it out of your own self. You didn't do Love wasn't the motivating factor. And with God, it has to be done out of love. It has to be done out of love. Unbelief is another thing that will separate us from God, which is another form of sin. It separates us from God. And the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. Now, God, the Bible has given everyone the measure of faith. The Bible says that everyone has been given the measure of faith. God has given it to everyone. And we talk about unbelief and we talk about sin. Well, let's go back to sin for a second. The way to deal with sin is to simply confess it. Confess, oh, Lord, I did this before you. I'm sorry. Repent. Turn around. Stop doing it. And go on. Then it is, that's it. It's as simple as that. Confess your sin and move on. Because the Bible, the Word of God has already told us, if you confess your sin, he's faithful to forgive you. So confess it, stop doing it, and move on. Now, what about unbelief? Well, unbelief, the same thing. Now, the Bible also talks about unbelief in the sense it says that uh, unbelief, these kinds, some kinds of unbelief comes out or is dealt with with fasting and praying. Sometimes you have to fast and pray to really build up your faith because sometimes we just have these things that's hindering us from believing God. And that's just part of self. That's part of selfishness that we want to get rid of. So sometimes when you fast and you pray, when you fast, when you take that physical body and you put it under, you put it down, you say, I'm going to fast, I'm going to turn this plate down to bring your physical body, your physical faculties up under uh, control, to get control of yourself. You fast and you pray. And as you do that, then that will get rid of some of these more difficult kinds of unbelief. Because when Jesus came down from the mountain, we come to this scripture, when Jesus came down from the mountain of configuration and this man brought his demonically possessed son to Jesus and said, look, your disciples tried to pray for him and they could not cast this devil out. And Jesus scorned his disciples and he says that, well, sometimes this kind of unbelief, not this kind of demon, but this kind of unbelief, when you can't get things done, unbelief is taking control, is getting interfered with your faith. Sometimes this kind of unbelief comes out by fasting and praying. So that's where we get that from because when you fast and you pray, then you kind of like get rid of all the noise, you get rid of all the distractions, and you focus in and you build up your spirit, man. And then you're able to move forward in faith being being strong enough to push through the unbelief that is there. 
So these kinds of unbelief come by fasting and praying. So sometimes when things are interfering with you, you may have to just turn down your plate and say, Lord, you know, I want you more than I want stuff. I want you more than I want a meal. I want you more than I want all these activities going on in my life. Lord, I want you more than any of that. And as you do it, then you will see the results that you need to see. You will see yourself having more spiritual victories than defeats. And we talk about disobedience. It's another thing that will separate us from God, disobedience. And the way you deal with that is just decide to obey. Say, Lord, I have disobeyed. I have not applied the faith you put into my life, and I've disobeyed. Lord, I choose to obey. I choose to do what you say. I choose to obey. And you just confess, Father, I disobeyed your word and your plan for my life. I repent and turn back to you. And you alone, Lord, forgive me of the sin and place of the, of, that Jesus had died on the cross for me. And I am your servant, O oh God, for this day going forth, Lord. Lord, you call me your son. And, Lord, I choose to be your son and not a walk in disobedience. And you repent, and you go far from that, and you walk in obedience as opposed to disobedience. That's how you deal with it. You just confess. And confess not mean that it's lip service. No, you confess, and you put faith behind what you say. If you say, I've been disobedient, then start being obedient. If you've been walking left, then start walking right, because obviously you've been going in the wrong direction. So that's what you do. You decide to walk in obedience as opposed to disobedience. So there was sin. We talk about unbelief, and then we talk about disobedience. So that's moving forward in the things of God. As you begin to do that, and as you begin to get in your word and study your word and believe what the word is saying, as you begin to do that, build yourself up in the word because, look, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you begin to do that, then you begin to see what? The faithfulness of God in your life. You begin to see the faithfulness of God in your life. Lord, I choose to obey. Lord, I choose to get rid of any conditions that I put out there in order for me to love someone. I get rid of those conditions. I choose to love unconditionally. I choose to allow the love of God to cover a multitude of faults that I may have seen. Lord, I get rid of all of that, and I choose to obey. I choose to walk in love. And that's how we have a wholesome relationship with God, not only with God, but with people, with family. We choose to love them unconditionally. Love them unconditionally. You don't have to agree with everything everybody says in order to walk in love with people. Just agree to disagree and keep moving. Today I choose to love. Today I choose to walk in disobedience. Today I choose to get rid of any conditions that are set forth for me to love someone. I choose to love unconditionally. I choose to love unconditionally. So, Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that you are a holy God. We thank you that you put your word there. You said for us to put that word there for us to do what? For us to learn.
for us to come before you to learn, oh God, to know what the word is. It put there for our knowing, for our growing, for our maturity. It's put there to teach us, Lord. And we thank you for your word, Lord, because that's what it is there for. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Lord, the word is you. And you said in your word that God is love. God is love. Your word is love. So, Lord, we need your word. We need every word. The Bible says we should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And when that word comes out of your mouth, Lord, we know that it is faithful. You are faithful to do what you have said that you will do. You will never forsake us. You will never leave us. So, Lord, we thank you for your word that you will never leave us. You will never, ever, ever leave us. Lord, that's your word. You gave us your word that you would never leave us. You will never forsake us. And, Lord, we thank you that even when we make mistakes, we can come to you and say, Lord, we are sorry, we repent, we turn around, and we move forward, Lord. We can live that holy life that you have required of us. You said, be holy, for I am holy. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the ability to do just what you said to do. You have authorized us to go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Lord, you said that, and Lord, we receive what you said about us. Because you said that about us, we know that we can do it. We don't have to question it. We know that your word has given us the power and authority to do it. So, Father, we take up that mantle today. We say that we will go forth in the name of Jesus, declaring to heal, to set free, and to deliver, to cast out demons, O oh God. You have given us the power and authority to do that, Lord, and we accept that mandate from you. We accept it, Father. We accept it, and we choose to love unconditionally. Even with the gifting that you've put in us, we love unconditionally as we apply the gifting that you've put in us. So, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for that, and we bless you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, this is Pastor Ted Payton, Grace Through Faith Worship Center here in Bula, Maryland. Every Sunday, 9.30, a.m. at uh, Glendale, 4857 Glendale Road. Every Sunday, 9.30, a.m. So on Wednesday's Bible study here, you come to this same time, 7 o'clock, every Wednesday for Bible study, and we will say what thus says the Lord. And until next time, look, you be blessed and bless someone in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So until next time, goodbye, everybody. Bye now.